being a conscious consumer means that you're making a choice to support a business that you believe is making a positive impact in the world. I like to think it's almost like you're getting to vote and you get, you're getting mm. to put your money behind a brand that you actually support and care about. Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realizing you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I'm here with Wendy who is the founder of And Again. And Again is a brand dedicated to empowering consumers to make better fashion choices and I know that Wendy's mission is to create a community of conscious consumers who really care about the impact of their purchases. Um, Wendy understands the tedious task of dealing with unwanted clothes which I'm sure so many of us understand and is passionate about providing a simpler solution for people which I just love making something accessible. I was I spoke to Wendy at the very very start of kind of this journey which was so exciting and I feel like to interview her now is a real full circle moment even for me to see where she's at um, and hearing a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes before we started so before we jump into any of it Wendy how are you thank you for being here yeah thanks I'm, I'm good thank you like really excited to obviously have a conversation with you as well I think you were one of the first people I spoke with when I decided to kind of jump right into yeah starting um and again so yeah it's like like you said a full circle moment yeah no it's so amazing to have you back here my mind is definitely thrown back to when we first met we um went for a coffee in Auckland CBD and we just spoke about you know what you were planning on doing I remember at the time I think you had another job it was based in another country though you just moved back to New Zealand or something tell us the story of that I've kind of forgotten a little bit yeah, um, I think when we first met up, I had just moved back from London. Um, yes. I was living in the UK with my partner at the time, and I think this was 2020. Um, I decided to leave and come home and start a business. And I think I reached out to you because I know that you put on Instagram that you were like thinking of quitting your job or you just quit your job at that time. And then yep. I'm like, me too. I am too. And like, <laughs> I, I just thought like I'd reach out. And I think that's when we, you know, decided to meet up. And I think a lot of the things that we talked about were, you know, how nervous we were about, you know, starting our own thing. And um, I think for me personally, I was really worried about um, what people were going to think of me and, you know, how mm. were people going to judge me. And at that time, I felt really stupid for, you know, even thinking about wanting to do this. But, um, you know, I think for me personally, it was worrying about what my parents would think, you know, you had a good job, you know, I was working in tech, everything was great, you know. Um, but I think, knowing that I always wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, um, I think for us both, we wanted to challenge ourselves and, you know, give something a go. And um, like, ultimately, I think, you know, wanting to build an impactful business and impact how people would feel and just change the way, you know, the secondhand fashion industry was perceived and just mm. um, ultimately just changing people's lives. And I think having that in mind, um, you know, I think it really drove me to want to start and give this a go. So 
Yeah, I love so much how, you know, even though our situation's being quite unique, we really did mm. share that kind of common challenge in a way of we're sitting in this job that is supposed to be the best thing, the secure thing, the right thing, mm. the thing that we always thought was was going to be the best for our futures. And then to realize, oh, we actually want something maybe different and yeah. knowing that that was a scary jump. Um, and I think, I yeah, you're right, at the time, I had just quit and I was, I think I might've even been in that period of limbo where I didn't have another job. I was sort of like taking some time to just figure myself out a little bit. And Mm. to think back to talking about that then is so interesting because I had really no idea what that whole experience had truly taught me with hindsight at that point. And, you know, you didn't even know what journey (laughs) you were about to embark on really as well. I know. I know. It's crazy. Cause like when I look back at it, I'm like, wait, we, I, was, I was so innocent and naive back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the exact same. That's exactly how I think. I'm like, you have no idea. And so with, <laughs> and again, like what, what stage was that at that point? You hadn't launched it yet. Um, no, I think I was in that kind of limbo as well. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, like, I had everything in mind. I had all the ideas. Um, I had like the business plan all in place and everything, but I think I was just a little bit nervous to really make it real. Um, cause I was living with my parents at the time. And so I think I was really hesitant to kind of dive right in. I think eventually, I think after our conversations and through, you know, multiple conversations with other people, um, I kind of just plucked up the courage and just said you know why not let's do it yeah which I just I love that and I think it really speaks to you know the brand of and again as well in terms of it's doing things differently so from your perspective how would you describe what and again is doing and what it is Yeah, I think to put it simply, you know, And Again is a fully digital business. So we're an online consignment and secondhand store. Um, I think how we're a little bit different to traditional consignment stores is that, you know, first of all, we don't have brick and mortar stores. So everything is fully digital, which means we're able to break down all the barriers that people have, whether it's, you know, you're living um, in Invercargill or Auckland, you have the same access to, you know, buying secondhand clothing, which means you're able to Mm. um, have a secondhand first mindset you're you're gonna have these options because you might not have that in your you know local thrift stores or anything which makes you know opting for fast fashion brands or you know um getting a quick fix online is much easier so yeah like I think what we're doing is is a little bit different from traditional um yeah consignment stores yeah you're really solving so many issues in one business because there's two sides to that there's you know the the consumer side in terms of them purchasing and having that accessibility to secondhand clothing and then on the other hand it's the people who have these clothes they might Mm. just be throwing away to landfill or they don't know what to do with it or they can't be bothered organizing it or they don't have the time or whatever and you really take that away from them as well yeah yeah no definitely I think um you've hit the nail on the head with that one I think it's time you know people don't have time through lots of different reasons for example you know you you might be a new mother and you don't have time to drive it down to a charity store or you don't have time to actually leave the house and so um because we're a door-to-door solution it means that you don't even need to leave the house for whatever reason it might be and we you know we've been able to also connect with a lot of people who have disabilities as well so some people have been Mm. um you know 
know, um, you know, ill and they haven't been able to leave the house. And so being able to provide this kind of online solution means they don't need to opt for brand new or, you know, they don't have to have a bunch of their clothes just sit there and um, they're able to still participate in a service that is, you know, door to door. Yeah, and live aligned to their values as well in mm. terms of if they're wanting to purchase secondhand and they can't, it, you know, if something's inaccessible to someone, it's just impossible. Yeah. And so I love that thinking. Another thing you've mentioned in our conversation as well, I actually remember, was mm. experiencing the stigma around shopping secondhand, especially as a second generation Vietnamese immigrant. And so yeah. what has like that stigma been in your experience yeah, I think growing up in New Zealand and, you know, being a Kiwi, I was, you know, influenced by Western media. It was always very trendy to, I guess, trendy and also more accepted to thrift or buy off marketplaces. I would personally go to thrift stores myself and I noticed that even within my friend group of, you know, similar culture and backgrounds, they didn't really want to engage in like secondhand shopping. Um, and I personally would get a lot of negative comments from my mum, like, why would you not just buy that brand new? Like, why are you buying someone else's clothes? And, you know, all these comments. And I think in a lot of Asian culture, um, even to this day, you know, buying brand new or buying known brands and, you know, all of that is definitely a status symbol. And, you know, it's a mm. sign of wealth, basically proving that you can afford it and you don't need to buy secondhand. And so even some of my friends experienced this when they were supporting me, you know, they would buy like a couple of pre-loved dresses and um, their parents would just frown upon that and were told to not wear it because it's almost embarrassing or it's something they don't you know, they're not proud of. Um, so yeah, definitely the stigma is something that I would like to challenge. Um, and that's why it's, you know, still so close to my heart. Yeah. It's so interesting that because it's almost like in the Western world, it's sort of become trendy. And like you mentioned, it's, it's like a, not only a good thing to buy secondhand, but a cool thing to buy secondhand yeah. as well. And it's a whole culture of thrifting and being thrifty in general. I think that's another part of what you've done with And Again is you've made the the ability to buy secondhand like more attractive. You know, if you look at your mm. site, it's, it looks great. The way you style yeah. the clothes is is really innovative. And I think that you bring that kind of lens into the way that you position what And Again looks like as a brand as well. Would you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that was kind of the whole thing um, about that was it was trying to make it modern, right? I think mm. a lot of people are still put off because when you think secondhand um, to people who weren't typically shopping secondhand and they don't they're not educated in that space. They they automatically think, you know, old and dirty and all these kind of negative, negative stigmas. And so I think what we really wanted to do was really make Andegain almost like you're shopping with any other big retailers, like as if you're scrolling through ASOS or like whatever mm. other big brands you kind of scroll through. It feels good. It feels um, fresh. It feels clean it feels you know all of these things that you want from secondhand fashion but you're a bit hesitant to give it a go and I know you know from just feedback from our customers is that a lot of people do feel you know they've never shopped secondhand before and it's their first time mm. and they're like wow this is actually great like the clothes are not like 
some of these clothes are brand new with tags on or like they've just been literally worn once and it literally still feels brand new. And I think we've been able to shock a lot of customers in a good way, of course. Um, so, yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, you, you're right on that one. It's so interesting because, you know, the common customer base or whatever of your local thrift store would mm. be people who are used to op shopping or buying secondhand or they're going there intentionally or for a purpose. Mm. But it sounds like in your case, you've actually been able to convert a lot of people who wouldn't have previously done that to maybe considering secondhand. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when, like, like you're right, um, we do have a split of customers. We do see from like customer feedback and stuff, we've been able to see a lot of people who are traditionally thrifters and they're like, oh, this is great. Like um, if I don't have the time anymore or if my life situation has changed, you know, like I think when you're in uni or you're, you're younger, you have a lot more time on your hands. But once you get mm. to like, you know, you're working full time or you're, you know, starting a family or, you know, situations have changed, um, you have less time. So we've been able to kind of, yeah, serve all different types of customers in that sense. Around that, I think there's the a bit of a jargon word or a buzzword of a conscious mm. consumer. And that's a lot of, of what you create with And Again. So to you, what is a conscious consumer? Someone who is a conscious consumer is someone who is mindful and understands their impact of their purchase. I think being a conscious consumer means that you're making a choice to support a business that you believe is making a positive impact in the world. I like to think it's almost like you're getting to vote and you get, you're getting mm. to put your money behind a brand that you actually support and care about. Um, so being conscious consumer means that you're able to make that literal conscious decision to support a business you believe in. Do you think that with marketing and everything, it's harder for people to be conscious consumers? Like how can we, you know, kind of, avoid that temptation of of so much that's maybe pushing us towards not being as conscious with our purchases I think you have to I guess be more mindful about your purchases I think don't rush it take it one step at a time and doing your own research is so so important um, there are so many great platforms out there that can help with this so one that I love is um, a company called All Things Considered so they're a company that basically collates all like the different ethical and sustainable aspects of a brand and I think just in fashion at the moment but what you can do with them is they can, you can quickly and easily consider, you know, their impact before making a purchase. So it's kind of like a one stop shop category, um, catalog, sorry, that you can kind of look through and review the brands that you might want to purchase from. Um, and so, yeah, those platforms are really, really great to help kind of make more mindful purchases. And I think it's just trying to have a secondhand first mindset, whether it's like furniture, white goods, clothing, anything, right? There's always amazing deals on marketplaces that you can get um, that just saves money and the planet. Yeah, it's funny because there's actually so many parallels with finances in that sense where mm. shopping secondhand and being a conscious consumer throughout you know your the rest of your purchasing decisions is actually a really positive thing for your bank account as well because yep. often you know you're saving money but also you're building a habit of having to consider purchases and to think twice or to give it the 24 hours and think like mm. is this something I really want or that I really need mm -hmm. and because of this world that we live in where there is all of this unconscious consumerism where people make decisions so fast you often you know and then you get hear things like buyer's regret because 
you haven't really considered the whole purchase and I think Mm. that also just speaks to our society as a whole where everything's about speed and rushing around and getting things done the quickest and fastest we possibly can and things just need to move 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 and that culture especially in western society I suppose that's probably mostly where it sits is is so prevalent that being able to sit with your thoughts and sit with your purchasing decisions actually means that you're not only helping the planet, you're helping your bank account and probably just, yeah, it's producing a whole lot more positive results all around. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, like you said, we want everything fast, fast, fast. And I think brands have made it too easy, too cheap for anyone to just jump onto like a company like Sheen and buy a whole new Mm. wardrobe for under a hundred dollars. And the problem you see there is it starts to, it it just gets dumped um, because it falls apart or it's, um, you know, because of its cheap material or it falls out of fashion and just trying to keep up with those trends is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a never ending cycle. Yeah, it is a never-ending cycle and the accessibility point is so important because you're right, it's just too easy to access things for cheap now and Mm. it's like we need to bring that same thinking to, you know, secondhand fashion or to conscious consumerism and and it's a funny thing with business because I think sometimes it's perceived or I perceive it as if it's so challenging to bring accessibility to the positive things in life or to the the helpful parts of the world. But I just, something, something inside of me is like, it shouldn't be that way or it doesn't need to be that way. You know, like we need to bring yeah. that accessibility to people so they can make better choices easier. And so there yeah. maybe is less of a choice and more of a, this is just how it happens, which I think and again definitely contributes to. What are some common problems from your perspective with shopping culture you know we've sort of spoken a little bit about just them Mm. but any others in terms of how it exists now and its impact on the environment every other week there's a new style of Mm. your and and your influence that you must get this new top that's trendy at the moment and I feel like it's a never-ending cycle um for example you know Zara has new stock in every two weeks and it kind of makes you question what happens to old stock how fast do things actually have to move to keep Mm. up with this you know I think it's like rather than four seasons in a year you've got your 28 seasons in a year because that's just how things are Um, and if you aren't moving fast enough consumers get bored and they you know they want more 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 Um, so yeah definitely I think one common problem is just trends and and being influenced online you know with your TikTok and your Instagrams these days you know they're they're just it's 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 hard because it's just tempting almost for a lot of consumers to to see this content online and be influenced by their influences that they follow so yeah no definitely a huge huge problem yeah that's a good point around, you know, you question what happens with the old stock because a lot of people probably don't question that, you know, and the thing is we don't see, like we don't mm. see all of the clothes that are sent to landfill or sitting in a huge pile um, that aren't going to be used and they're brand new with tags and you don't see mm. those things. I've had that a similar experience recently. I've been volunteering at a food bank like in my local Mm. suburb and I've never seen so much food waste in my life and it's weird because it's at a you know a food bank obviously we're we're giving out to people giving out food to people Mm. but there's still so much wastage there's still you know we still can't give out 
completely rotten fruit to people or completely, you know, expired food. Like it's just not going to happen. And because of how fast food, like food moves and groceries in that sense, the same thing sort of occurs where there's just so much waste. And it really is the first time I've ever considered, oh, yeah, like there must be so much waste. And I think it's easy to forget that something exists if you never really get to be exposed mm. to it. Yeah, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. You just don't yeah. think about it. You don't have to, right? Ignorance is bliss. Mm. It's interesting with like fashion, I suppose, as well, because it is so cyclical that, and I've been actually, I've never really been a massive fashion person or like, I've always loved clothes and loved looking nice and loved feeling nice, but I've never Mm. been like one to keep up with trends or sort of know what was happening in that world. And recently I've been getting a lot more into it and I've been watching like fashion YouTubers and stuff like that. (laughs) And what I've come to learn is that, you know, fashion comes in cycles and trends come in cycles and often something will come into trend and will go out of trend, but then we'll come back into trend later. And it's not something I've ever really thought about in the sense that, maybe you should hang on to some clothes because you will probably use them again in the future instead of, you know, selling them or getting rid of them only to buy that same piece or a similar piece a couple of years later, Um, which is something I've never really considered because often I would just sort of clear out my wardrobe and I think, okay, well, I may as well get rid of this because I don't wear it right now. But in a couple of years, I've had times where I've thought, oh, it'd be great if I had that old coat or that old skirt that I had but now I need to buy a new one (laughs) yeah no and I think that's why I guess thrifting is so great is because like you said a lot of trends are coming back like you you're seeing a lot more of the kind of gen z's get really into you know your y2k fashion and I'm like I owned that like back Mm. in you know the 2000s and um a lot of customers will come and they're like yeah I'm just looking for really specific pieces and things and so that's why thrifting is great because you're able to find really vintage pieces and um you don't have to buy a brand new version of it because nowadays you see a lot of brands replicating styles that were vintage but it's not right it's cheaply made it's you know it was probably made just the other day um versus when you go into thrift stores or secondhand stores you're able to yeah actually find pieces that um someone probably let go not long ago um because mm. I had a my sister recently wanted to clear out her wardrobe and she gave me a lot of pieces that she's been holding on to for like I think like 20 years (laughs) for a really, really long time. And like, I looked at all these pieces. I'm like, wait, they're literally reproducing these pieces these days. Like it was just like really vintage, like corset tops and like, like really old brands and like that don't even exist anymore. And it was really cool to see all these pieces. Cause I'm like, wow, people actually really want these and they're really valued now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You do see that. Yeah. What's your kind of shopping routine or style or cadence like how do you shop I used to shop so much and I think I've been on my own personal journey um but nowadays I don't really shop anywhere else apart from man to gain like um like it's it's I think it's convenient to be able to see and um you know we were obviously quite lucky because we get to see all the stock first so we get to like make decisions pretty quick when um it goes on the site for sale um but for me these days I'm really just building a very very minimal wardrobe I think I noticed that um as I was getting older my style has changed a lot before I used to love like lots and lots of prints and just just having like 
a lot of things um, so that I could go rotate in my wardrobe. But nowadays I just have a couple of pieces of like, you know, very staple pieces that I rotate and um, it's just easier. It's just less stuff to like worry about. And so most of my shopping actually, you know, I buy it secondhand from, from and again, um, just because it's easy and I get to see it, I get to try it on and it just makes the shopping easier. I don't have to go out anywhere, um, probably because I'm lazy as well. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the point, right? Is like making it accessible and you've done that so well, yeah. of course, for yourself <laughs> because it's your own business. But I mean, you're living the mission in that sense. Yeah, no, Absolutely. So if you were to buy something brand new, and I don't know if you do, but and you can mm. tell us, but if, if you do, what sort of the process you would go through to try and make that decision? Yeah, I think my like decision-making process has changed a lot over the years. I think before, if I used to see something I really liked, I would probably buy it just immediately because I'm like, yeah, I really need that. But nowadays, um, I'm working on a budget. I'm really conscious about that and but also at the same time I'm conscious if I really need that um as well so I do like sit on things for months now like um and usually if it's no longer in stock I'm like yeah you know what I don't need it and so sometimes like life makes that decision for me and I'm like oh well um that's what secondhand yeah but that's what secondhand as well like if I do see something um like we're selling or you know I see at a thrift store I'm like do I really need that I think for me I just don't like the clutter anymore um but also Mm. I'm just a lot more I guess conscious with my my purchases um and just if I do want to buy something you know brand new I I really have to say like what do I need it for can I really rewear this multiple times like was it ethically made you know asking all these different questions and it is hard sometimes because if you do need you know something really really specific for an event for example um it it might not be as easy to kind of reach into your wardrobe sometimes or find something secondhand so yeah definitely still making you know that balance um in my life I'm still on my own personal journey with you know building a sustainable wardrobe and being a conscious consumer but um yeah I think it's yeah one step at a time yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's hard to just go cold turkey, isn't it? You know, you can't expect yeah. people, especially when there's a there's so many external challenges as well in mm. terms of um, people not being able to prioritise things at certain times or not having the time, as you s- say, to go thrifting if they don't already know about and again and how amazing of a service it is. <laughs> um, so they're just buying brand new on Sheen because it is the easiest thing for them to do. Um, mm. And so it's not like everyone needs to be the most conscious consumer on day one but it is about being aware of what your options are and making like small steps to get there yeah no definitely how do you tend to avoid you know being influenced and marketed to because (laughs) I get this question a lot when it comes to you know how do I stop buying things I'm always tempted online I'm following all my favorite brands I am watching TikTok hauls I like feel like I need all of these things and a lot of the time that actually that thinking isn't even conscious people are thinking that subconsciously (laughs) so it's hard to actually bring that to the conscious but people will say you know how do I do that and I just say ignorance is bliss unfollow everyone mute everyone yeah like brands and everything unsubscribe from email list and just not don't involve yourself directly within a community that is going to make you feel less than because you don't have x or y Mm. But I'm curious from your perspective, like, how do you avoid that? 
I think for me, um, I've done like something similar to you is like I've unfollowed or unsubscribed to so many emails. I think over the years, you just surprise yourself at how much like junk mail you get with like from all different retailers. Right. And I think what I did was like I spent a whole day just um, just unsubscribing from all of those promotional emails because it's just overwhelming and you can easily just click on one you're like oh what is that um and so now I only have like a handful of brands that I am subscribed to and even then like it is sometimes tempting to have a look but you know I think I'm I tell myself you look I'm on a budget I can't spend this much on you know something that I might not wear again or and I'm just kind of rem- reminding myself um that it's you don't have to get it just because you got an email it doesn't mean that that's your kind of call to action to buy. Um, and so nowadays it's okay to browse. Like there's nothing wrong with browsing and kind of getting that fixed and just going through the website or anything like that. Because if I were to, you know, cut myself from like looking at anything online, I would just feel really, you know, I feel really crap about that. Um, so now I just kind of just, yeah, I'm subscribed to only a handful of brands. I browse online if I want to. And if there's anything that I do come across, I kind of go through that process of like, do I really need it? Or like, you know, what do I need it for? And like, will this be something long-term in my wardrobe? Or this could be anything really, not even just clothing. Like for me, I'm subscribed to all sorts of things like furniture, um, you know, skincare, makeup, my God, like so many things. Right. Um, And especially on TikTok, like I'm constantly scrolling on TikTok and like my feed is full of like skincare stuff and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm just you don't need like a hundred different serums you know you cannot physically try all of them and but I I'm constantly feeling influenced I'm like oh maybe I should like write that down and like I have this list Mm. of things that I want to try but at the same time I'm, I'm just trying to tell myself like you just physically can't like try everything at once take it one step at a time what's important to you right now and just just remembering that and just kind of going through the motions of that because it's so easy to get influenced on social media these days like even I'm like so weak when it comes to TikTok like influence like yeah just all of that (laughs) oh for sure TikTok is like it's got to be e-commerce's biggest weapon and like a consumer's <laughs> biggest nightmare because it's just you cannot avoid being influenced on there to buy no. to try to do like I have different folders first I'm like organized my TikToks into folders of things I want to do or want to buy on and it's so bad and yeah it's just like the perfect for like um type of media for that it's scary but yeah no I I love what you're saying I like how you you bring that thinking to the forefront you know of thinking of knowing that you have these habits of knowing you can be tempted because that's half the problem is that people aren't consciously thinking about it and it's a hard thing to just you know say okay you need to be conscious now of what you're doing and what you're thinking because it's not yeah. as easy as that but it is sort of training yourself to interrupt those thoughts and those patterns when you are on social media or whatever thinking like oh I could I could buy that then going onto the site suddenly you're like scrolling deep into there what's new and then you're thinking yeah. hold on how did I get here blackout moment and just trying to like yeah. stop yourself within those patterns 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think one thing that's really helped with me is like putting together a budget, you know, if we're relating this back to finance, like over the last year, um, I've been taking my budgeting really seriously. And I think now that when I break down every purchase and how much I can actually afford um, for these purchases, um, sometimes that doesn't make sense. You know, like, actually, this is not a priority. I want to spend my money on X, Y, and Z instead, rather mm-hmm. than, you know, A, B, and C, because I don't actually need that right now. And so I think that com- that's that's with everything, anything. It could be, you know, skincare or makeup or beauty treatments or anything like that. I think being able to really break down what can I actually afford actually does really help with, like, stopping yourself from buying unnecessary things as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm really massive on that, especially this year because I have some pretty big financial goals and I'm not being strict on myself because I don't believe in that, but definitely in being more, um, what's the word, like strategic about where I put Mm. my money. And so one thing I've done is on Canva, I set up like a Canva board of all the purchases I want. So I'll like just screenshot everything and put it on a camera board. And my kind of limit is I can't have enough photos. It's basically like a wish list, but I can't have enough photos to take up the um, more than one page. So I can only have one page of wish list things at the time. And then I have like another page under that where I drag down the kind of priorities of the next things I'm wanting to purchase. Mm. And so they don't have to be specific items. They can just be like, you know, certain things I want. Like I want a new pair of jeans so I know I want a new pair of jeans okay where am I going to look for that pair of jeans or whatever and be intentional Mm. about that purchase instead of scrolling or being like oh I really want to look on this person's website what can I find it's more about I know I need or want these specific items okay how am I going to go out and do that now yeah no that's really good like I don't have like a wish list anymore because sometimes I feel like if I put it on a wish list I end up getting it and so (laughs) I've just like ditched the wish list in general now um unless they're like things I've been looking at for like months on months um and I keep that like a mental wish list but other Mm. than that like I've I've stopped making wish lists for myself because I feel like every time I put it on it I'm like yeah I need to get it because I feel Mm. like as soon as I put something like pen to paper I'm very tempted to be like yeah I need to work towards this goal um Mm. which for me personally hasn't worked really well so like I've kind of ditched that in general (laughs) yeah and I think it's it's good as well because if it stays in the mental wish list and you obviously must want it enough you know yeah. like if you've forgotten about it then couldn't have been that yeah important exactly I think I forget about a lot of things that I feel like I need in the moment um but nowadays like because I don't write it down or anything I actually tend to forget about it I'm like you know what saved me money saved you know saved it on you know trying to spend on that or 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 something that might have not been what I needed in my like life at the time yeah no exactly yeah. And bringing it back to And Again's journey, you know, yeah. when at the beginning of the journey, I remember watching your Instagram stories, you were in your bedroom, it was very hectic, there are a lot of bags mm. everywhere of clothes, you know, you were collecting, you were sorting, you were doing the whole thing. Now, yeah. you know, looking at your TikTok, I hardly see you because you have a team, <laughs> you know, you have a warehouse. Tell us a little bit about like the growth since, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like it's, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like it was only two years ago, so not long. Like it feels no. way longer than than two years ago, um, which is crazy. But I think a little bit about the journey was, you know, I started in my 
bedroom at my mum's house. I was living at home at the time. Um, And now that I think about it, it was, you know, really awkward because I was basically pursuing a dream that my mum absolutely hated. Um, I don't Mm. think she understood or supported my decision at the time. Um, So then, you know, that was during COVID. So then me and my partner decided to rent a three-bedroom house. Um, I used two bedrooms for and again one for sleeping in. And during this time we went into lockdown. So I think a lot of people still wanted to thrift, but you know, all the stores were closed. So our online store got very busy. But I think also at the time, a lot of people had a lot of time on their hands. So clearing out their wardrobe was, you know, like on the top of their to-do list. Um, And so long story short, within six months of moving into that house, we moved into our 60 square meter warehouse that we're in at the moment. Um, And it grew, we grew the team from just myself to now a team of four, um, which I'm so, yeah, just so grateful for. We have such an amazing team and I don't think we would be where we are without them. Yeah, but in a month's time, we're also now moving to a like 280 square meter warehouse. So much bigger. Wild. Um, Yeah. I know it feels surreal and um, I honestly can't believe it's happening. And sometimes I I really do have to stop and pinch myself to realize that, um, that this is real and this wouldn't have happened if I just didn't have a great network of people to push me or challenge me, or if I didn't even push myself to begin with, you know, like from our Mm. initial conversation, imagine that I didn't even give it a go. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today. So Yeah, but ultimately, I think, you know, what we did really well from the get go was to have very, very strong branding um, and really strong messaging as well. I think the Mm. reason why we did um, blow up so quickly um, and gained the trust of our customers very quickly as well, because we had very clear, I guess, USP, so unique selling points, um, you know, how we were different to traditional consignment stores. And I think being the face of the brand at that time and being able to humanize and again, um, just really made it like super personal. So I think, yeah, definitely a, a huge journey, but um, yeah, we're not, we're not at the end yet. <laughs> no, God, you're hardly at the start. And I think you're exactly right. You know, you have that such a clear purpose, a clear why, that clear messaging, which mm. has always drawn me to the brand because it's obvious what you're about. It's obvious what you want to change and you want to see fashion evolve into. And I love that so much. And I think people really notice, you mm. know, consumers, customers, they really notice that and they really cling on to what you're about, especially if they believe in the same things and you end up converting people to that same belief system of being a conscious consumer, considering Mm. their purchases more. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people might start off by thinking, oh, this is just a really convenient service where I can send all my clothes and they can like sort it out for me. And then they think, oh, wait, now actually there's this whole culture of secondhand fashion and seeing how this appears on the other end of it. Maybe I should try this Mm. too. And then you kind of change people in that sense as well and vice versa in terms of those who are already interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what's so amazing to see um, behind the scenes as well is that we really hero circular fashion and we really get to see circular fashion come to life. Um, You know, I've personally sold like a dress 
through and again on the website it was bought by someone it was sent back in a tidy kit and I've seen that same dress get sold again and it's crazy to me because I'm like it's full circle it's more than like a full circle you know and I get to really see that kind of circular fashion economy that I didn't enjoy that dress someone bought it they wore it a couple of times you know it was sent back you know half a year later and Mm. then it was picked up by someone else who's you know ready to enjoy it and so I think it is amazing to see that really come to life because sometimes you 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 do lose sight of you know what circular fashion really is um but yeah being able to see it you know really happen right in front of my eyes is just yeah really really such an amazing feeling yeah that sounds incredibly surreal to be able to sort of watch that happen in front of you as well as just (laughs) know that people are returning to use the service and to be a part of that change Mm. that you're creating yeah, no, absolutely. It is really, yeah, really, really exciting. And I think, um, and that's what we want to do is create a community that can sell with us, that can shop with us and sell with us again. And, and it's almost mm. like a constant cycle, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. I did want to ask you a little bit, you know, me- before you mentioned that you found it quite awkward looking back because you were starting a business, building this community and this whole thing in the same house as your mum who didn't necessarily agree or support that dream. How did you manage that? Um, It was really, really hard. Um, I, it wasn't easy. I think I just kind of had to ignore, you know, her kind of comments, passing comments and thoughts and, you know, all of that stuff, because I think for her, she didn't really understand, you know, the fundamentals of it. And I think it's really hard to change someone's mindset about Mm. something that they are, you know, that they're not ready to change, you know, they're not, they're not going to change either um so yeah it was definitely really hard managing that I think now that I don't live at home and I don't I just get to she's she's not as involved because I'm not living at home and so Mm. that's kind of yeah allowed that kind of space and I think what's surprised her was that the business actually did well (laughs) I think um for her she doesn't she didn't because she didn't understand the core like fundamentals and the core concepts of what I was trying to build um the only thing she really understood was money um so being able for her to see oh you're actually people are actually paying for stuff on your website like why are people you know the question she would ask is like why are people actually buying second-hand clothes and so all (laughs) these different questions she would ask um yeah I guess it helped her kind of understand that there is a market for this it's not just her you know and I think slowly trying to explain to her um what I'm doing why I'm doing it why people are actually choosing to spend their money with and again or choosing to use the service um it's kind of helped her yeah understand that a little bit more I guess um but I don't think she'll be shopping with and again anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it sounds incredibly difficult and probably quite emotional for you too to have someone so close to you completely just misunderstand what it is that you were so passionate about yeah absolutely like it is a challenge it's something that I've had to manage you know um through all these years and I think it's something I will continue to manage but I think ultimately now my mom's just kind of like oh well you're kind of doing well so um just keep at it yeah keep going um (laughs) (laughs) and it's just yeah just tough love (laughs) yeah yeah I'm glad you've been able to kind of prove that concept to her as well and show her that yeah and in this world there is a market for something like that and people's perceptions yeah. are changing 
um, which is is great because hopefully in time maybe even if it's not she's not fully on board with it she'll understand mm. that other people are which is still yeah which is probably the most important thing is that you know we're changing for the generations to come and we're changing the way um the way that we're moving forward so uh that's just how I'm going to look at it yeah yeah and what from your perspective has been I guess on the flip side the most satisfying part of the business growth so far I think my own personal growth Um, is a huge one for me. I think being able to see myself grow as an entrepreneur is just, yeah, extremely satisfying. I think learning so much about contracts, negotiations, finances, all of these things, you know, um, you think you know how to do all these things, but when you're actually in the situation, it's a completely different game. And I think I've made so, so many rookie mistakes that I'm just not ready to talk about just yet. <laughs> but I think it's, yeah, I think it's all the experiences um, that I've I've had and uh, I've just learned to not rush that. And I'm just really, really thankful for all the growing pains and just having a really supportive network. And I think ultimately, I think there's a misconception that all Ander Gang does is collect your clothes, check it on the website and that's it. But I think Mm. to make consignment run smoothly, keeping scalability in mind, because it's really different helping 20 people clear up their wardrobe versus 100 people clear up their wardrobe, Mm. right? So it takes a lot of planning. It takes, you know, us having a product roadmap. We build all our systems bespoke. And I think coming from a tech background, you know, I wanted to automate as much as I could to save time and just really build a well-oiled machine. Um, so yeah, it's really, really exciting to be able to modernize this industry that is traditionally brick and mortar. I love it. I love it. I've been so completely inspired by your journey. And I mean that so genuinely in the sense that, you you know, I just watch behind (laughs) the scenes. I'm just like looking, um, and I'm seeing what you're doing and I love that you have such a clear mission. And I think it's amazing that you really are, you really have jumped into an industry, um, like fashion, and completely shaken it Mm. up in a way that is so special and unique. And I think just, I don't know, really incredible and innovative. So thank you so much for doing that for your time here today. I could talk to you for another three hours probably, but I've already taken up like way too much of your time. Um, So thank you, Wendy. No, thank you for, you know, like speaking with me and, you know, letting me share um, my story and, yeah, it's, it's really special to me as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.